Okay. Good. Good morning, everyone. Why don't we come in and uh, get started? Is that that? That's good. Yeah, I can hear myself. Okay, cool. That's nice. Um, okay. We're going to continue our series this morning on Christian doctrines um, with the doctrine of God. And this is going to be a two-part series here on God because there's so much to cover uh, and we're barely going to scratch the surface even doing that. But um, let's, uh, let's pray to begin and ask for God's blessing. <coughs> Lord, we thank you for, again, this time that we can gather together as your people and worship you, uh, hear your word and submit to it and rely on your spirit to change our hearts. God, we ask that you would do that in your, your goodness and grace and mercy to us. God, that you would, you would um, help us to, to see you better, to understand you better even though we can never fully understand you, God, that we would, we would know what you've revealed yourself uh, to be and that, w- that that would change our lives. I would pray that this would, wouldn't just fall on, on deaf ears nor be turned into uh, simple knowledge, but God, that this would change, change our lives. We, we ask this um, at your mercy in the name of Jesus, amen. Okay. <coughs> So, um, like I said, today, main ideas, everybody get a handout, um, hopefully it'll, it'll help. We're just going to cover a lot of scripture today and, uh, and talk about what it means. Um, the doctrine of God is central to all other Christian doctrines, so that's why we're basically beginning the lesson with it, but we didn't begin the, uh, the series with the doctrine of God, we began with kind of an introduction, and then the, the doctrine of Scripture. Um, why, uh, and I'm so sorry, I'm Isaac Flodine. I go to this church. I know, I just jump right into it. I'm an engineer. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm teaching this morning. Nice to meet you. What, the one way I do like to teach, though, is very, like, interactive. I, I like to have a lot of, a lot of interaction with, with you guys, I'd love to hear what you think. It encourages my heart. Um, but why do you think? Why do you guys think that we started with the doctrine of Scripture rather than the doctrine of God? Yeah. Because we had to understand how God interacts with us. Mm. Can you? Yeah. Can you flush that out? Like what? Well, He reveals Himself. He shows His concern and holiness by His Word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His character. Yeah. Yep. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and um, our epistemology, in other words, our epistemology, how we come to truth, how we know what is true, um, is very limited. In Christian faith, our epistemology really is sola scriptura. So scripture alone is the only ultimate authority. 
in our lives that tells us what is ultimately true. Even though it's, we're not so low scripture, it's not that we only use the Bible for everything in life, but scripture is our only authority. So, um, God is incomprehensible. And this is to Barry's point. God has to reveal himself. We, don't, we can't know God unless God makes himself known. God is incomprehensible, therefore can only be known as he chooses to reveal himself in scripture and in creation. Um, Herman Bavink, a reformed theologian, writes, God infinitely surpasses our knowledge, imagination, and language. So we, we can't even talk about God. We don't have the words. In other words, the analogy of, of language where we say like, well, we understand it through an analogy. We know that this is like that because it's like this. Uh, it doesn't work. We just we can't use, use these things to talk about God. Before we get too deep into that, though, <clears throat> let's, let's uh, open up this, this question. What is God? And I, I want to hear from you guys first what, what you guys think, and then let's talk about the culture, too, what it, what it says about God. So what is God? Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you, New, New City Catechism. Creator of everyone and everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like not, not a human. Higher. Whatever that, whatever that means, right? Yeah, omnipotent, so like all-powerful, I think that is, a, a, that is probably the most common attribute we think of God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, right. Exactly. The, the reason everything exists, the source of all things, everything came from him, from God. Right, right. You're already drawing conclusions. Yeah, good, good. What else? What, any other thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's a great point. I mean, the, the idea that God is not just a force. In other words, this creative, creative uh, movement or momentum or anything like that. No, it's, it was a person did this. Okay, good. What about our culture? Let's talk, yeah, Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Often called chance, <laughs> ironically. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably, you guys think, what, what is the most popular view of, of God? I, I've heard that when people say, like, they'll say church guy, daddy. Hmm. And the church USA that he does whatever, is whatever he chooses, is, he is whatever he chooses to be. Okay. So, like, however you translate that, really, that's how it manifests in your life. Hmm. Like, I'm Santa Claus, I guess. But yeah, that is very postmodern. You think yourself is is the center, very narcissistic. 
is scapegoat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, people will, I mean, you see the evil in the world and they blame God for it. Same, same kind of point that, is God vindictive? Is he a... Yeah. Or that was lucky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be probably my answer if I asked this question is there just isn't a thought about God. Um, and this is, this is, I think, in part, kind of coming out of the modern age of, uh, you know, pre-modern, uh, you've got heavy religion, and people, you know, most, most commonly will believe that there's a creator because they see creation, and they just naturally think, well, somebody made it. Uh, in the modern thought, though, we start to learn, you know, our... our the creation that God made better and better and, and methods to understand it. And all of a sudden, um, the focus is just on creation. Um, what used to be magical or mystical or even, you know, uh, kind of miraculous in people's minds turned out to be more mundane. Uh, you, could, you could describe, you know, why the earth, uh, you know, revolves around the sun. We, we come up with all these, these understandings of creation. And somewhere along the way, um, especially through postmodernism and whatever we're in now, um, the, 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 uh, our thoughts start to turn inward more and more, right? We're, we're focusing on ourselves more and more. We're asking questions like, who am I? Not in the right way, but in, in more of the sense of like, um, well, to, to bring it home immediately, we've got, you know, questions of what is a man, what is a woman? Um, you know, let's, let's redefine uh, ourselves in what we think we need to be. Um, and we've completely forgotten the idea of why is, why is there something rather than nothing? Which is the fundamental question of, of any philosophy. Why, why is there something rather than nothing? And, and from that answer, we're going to, to be able to understand God better, which tells us about ourselves. And, and right now, it feels like we're trying to go backwards. Um, and it just doesn't work out. And when you start with man, you're never gonna get to God. Um, so let's, let's go through what scripture says about God. Um, New City Catechism, which I think is very helpful for us, here does a good job of summing up this extremely complex subject. <clears throat> the question is, what is God? Answer, God is a creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, love the alliteration, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. So this is a pretty good description of the Christian doctrine of God. Um, this morning, we're going to focus a little bit more on God's godness, uh, touching on his incommunicable attributes, meaning that we these attributes that we're going to talk about, we don't share with him. We don't share these things. And so the only way we can understand them in part is because God reveals them to us about himself. Next week, it's, it's, I think it's going to be more on his, his relationability. Um, 
But today we're going to talk about God's godness. Um, because I think it's, it's really the only place that we can, we can start. Um, so we're going to just start with, with his, his godness as creator. Genesis 1.1. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What, what an interesting place for the Bible to start. So what, what is presupposed here? What, what do they just assume <laughs> as you begin reading the word of God? Mm-hmm. He just exists. There, there's no, no explanation of it or no argument given. God exists. When does he exist? Okay. Because in the beginning, God alone. This is this is isolated. Yeah. What else? What other what other ideas are kind of presupposed here? Okay, there's a beginning to creation. This is, this is pretty fundamental. Um, if you think of it this way, I, I'm trying not to get too philosophical throughout this thing, <laughs> but I just can't help myself sometimes. If you think about it this way, um, you cannot go backwards an infinite amount of seconds or an infinite amount of moments. There was a beginning. Because if you went back an infinite amount of moments, you would never get to here. Does that make sense? In other words, we'll never reach the end because there's, time is infinite. We'll never reach the end. There is no end. But there was a beginning because we got to this point right now. Okay? So that's, that's the idea. Creation had a beginning. But what, what is it saying about God? Yeah. God is. God, God was. Again, language failing. <laughs> Can't really say this, but God didn't have a beginning. And what does he do? He creates. What does he create? This is, this is uh, again, pretty fundamental. What, is, what does God create? Everything. That includes physical, that includes spiritual, that includes everything that is not God is created. In other words, God is outside of creation. If you're talking about the difference between God and, and creation, and this is where we would differ with a lot of other religions, God is not a part of it. He's, he's not a part of, of creation. In another pantheism or, or um, multi-gods, God is not in the chair. No, God is outside of all of his creation. In his being, he is outside. Okay? Okay, let's go to Psalm 103. And we're going we're gonna to look at look at these through kind of a biblical lens. So, so God reveals himself more and more through scripture as scripture goes. And we're going to try to take it in that order as well. So Psalm 103, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Okay, so this would counter the common thought today of people being their own authorities. Okay, God has made us, not we have made ourselves. Isaiah 44, 24. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things. 
stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone. So God is, is speaking about himself, what seems to be very important about God's godness, about who he is. By himself. Oh, could you repeat what you said? God is God. Yeah. And Kathy, what did you say? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you, you jumped ahead, but yeah, <laughs> we're going to get there too. No, that's great. <laughs> so, essential, God, God is the creator. All things are made by him. They are not God. God's outside of all this. Essential, Colossians 1, 16. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth. Okay, remember the angels because we often forget that realm completely, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Okay, we're starting to understand a little bit more about, about creation. God talks about why he created. Um, Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, O Lord, and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for because you created all things, and because of your will, they exist and were created. God didn't create accidentally. It wasn't just some, some thought, flippant thought that he had. He desired to create and, and create it in that way. So, i got to be careful with time because we're going to run out. Um, but let's touch on a couple of those, those points. Um, creation... What's the purpose of creation and uh, God creating because he desired to create? What does this tell us about God's godness? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, again, back to the, he's not just a force either. This wasn't just a, you know, a law put in, set in motion and then carried about these, these actions. Yeah, yep, very intentional. How about the song, the bridge that led us to the Lord's table? Yeah. It tells us that the song was, maybe I should call my grandkids and the kids that grow up modern music. Look at that. I mean, I, I would love to just yeah. to imagine God created nature and did some of the things that he did. Yeah, absolutely. We, we can understand, I think, this in part, I mean, we, we do create as well in our, our own heads, but not in our, with our own hands, not out of nothing, but we do create things, and it, we do it because we like it. We do it because we want to. It's enjoyable, right, usually, um, plenty of times when it's not, but, but the joy of creation is, is part of God. He's doing it because he wants to do it. 
This is an expression, in other words, of himself and of his joy. But he also doesn't reveal perhaps his glory. Right, right. And so with that in mind, why does everything exist then? Why is there something rather than nothing? Yeah. Is it about the thing that exists? No. Interesting. It is not. It is for him. It's, it's God created all things, not for the creation itself, but for himself. Okay. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, and it, it's fundamental as well, yeah, especially to the fridge. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would? Yeah, why would I fridge? There's nothing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Great. Okay, let's move on to God's oneness because, again, we're trying to understand God as He reveals Himself, and it's hard to, to come up with three uh, more, more often repeated ideas in Scripture than God as a Creator. God as one, and then we're going to see God's name. Um, so let's, let's jump into the oneness of God. God alone is God. He is the creator alone. Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema of, of Israel. <clears throat> so, and again, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but when it, you see the all caps are Lord, this is actually saying Yahweh or the Tetragrammaton, the four, four uh, Hebrew consonants of Y-H-W-H. Um, the name that God gives himself, Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. Okay? This is, this is interesting. God is describing himself as one. Deuteronomy 4, 32 through 40. Uh, I don't have the whole thing there. Could somebody turn to it, actually? Deuteronomy. Let's read that whole, whole passage. This is fascinating. Um, Kathy, I see you have a Bible. Would you mind reading that? Thank you. Um, Deuteronomy 4, 32 through 40. Brought you out of Egypt and his presence, and his might and his wisdom. 
go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Thank you. Yeah, big portion of text there. But basically, why did God choose a nation, set his love on the descendants of their forefathers, do these mighty acts and deeds? What was the, what was the point of all that? as according to this, this passage. Yeah, to show them I alone am God. There's, there's no other God, and if God is alone God, obey his commandments. God is establishing like this is how this works, people. That's right. Yeah. And why nobody else? That, exactly. Exactly. Good. Isaiah 45, 5 through 6. I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, <clears throat> though you have not known me, that man may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Well, it couldn't be more clear. God is using repetition, right? So God in the Shema as one here is describing God alone. We see that God is unique. There is only one God. God is the only God. 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God, and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So, we see that this, this view is held even when Christ comes, okay? Because that throws a wrench in our theological thinking there. It did for them, for sure. But there is only one God, still. Okay, God alone. Okay, hold these things in your mind. We're gonna talk about application here in a little bit. Um, God is also one in the sense that he is united, as we learn later. <laughs> united in the Trinity. Um, he created actually in concert. So when, when it says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, we, we learn later on that there are three persons at work here in the Godhead. Genesis 1.1 gives us, so one, 2 gives us a little bit of a hint. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Interesting. John 1.1, 1, 1, uh, John through the revelation that Christ has given him, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, we're starting to understand now that God's not like we are. God's not one like we are. Isaac... Thankfully, um, doesn't have multiple Isaacs. There, or there aren't like multiple pieces of Isaac that are different than Isaac. I am Isaac. That's it. There's just one of me. Not so with God. Again, we're going to fail in our language here, but um, it's important to understand this. Uh, John 10, 30, Jesus speaking, I and the Father are one. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 uh, this kind of definition, this description of God and the Trinity, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with you all. So we see that, that yes, one God, three persons acting together, uh, equally God. Okay, hopefully this is, this is somewhat review for us. We're, we're Christians, so the Trinity is, is a, a very common doctrine. Um, but I think the, the keys here, God is, when he's saying that he is one, there are two aspects to that. One is God is unique. He, is, he alone is God. And two, um, he, is, he is united in, in the Godhead, three persons working together, all equally God. So let's move on, if that's okay. Let's, let's move on to the name of God as revealed in Scripture. Um, let's go to, yeah, Exodus 30, 13 through 15. Um, somebody else want to read that? 13 through 15? Thank you. One more. Okay, so this, this is very important to God. Um, interestingly enough, Exodus 6.3, a little bit later in uh, his conversation with Moses um, at a different time, God says, God also told Moses, I am the Lord. In other words, I am Yahweh, the I am. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. So God is actually changing, he's, he's increasing his revelation through scripture. And we learn here that God is going to be known, his name, as the I am. In the context of giving that name, uh, he tells Moses, I am who I am. Or in other words, I will be who I will be. I will do what I will do. Uh, what, when you hear that phrase, like, what, do you, what does that make you think? What, this is such an interesting way to use use verbs yeah <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a mind boggling statement, honestly, because it's not very descriptive in its totality. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, we can tell Peter's whole Old Testament reference was 
it's, yeah, it, there's mystery, right? I mean, here, yeah. He doesn't need anybody's permission. Right. Who is he? Who he is. Yes. Good. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's, that's just basically it. What, what you know, we, when we uh, started with the question, uh, who is, or what is God? And, and we talk about, you know, God is creator of everyone, everything, almighty. Infinite. It's interesting that our minds don't go to, to, straight to God is, God does what he wants. God is God. God is the authority. He gets to do whatever he wants. Um, but here, that is essential to God's character. Um, he, in other words, God is, God is telling Moses that the Israelites want to know, like, what, what is this God? You know, because they're familiar with God. plenty of gods in Egypt. Um, so what do we call him? You know, like, like, what kind of God is he? And God, you know, surpasses all of this and says, I am who I am. Like, that's, you, you can't define me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a name to give them. But even in the name, it's reminiscent of, I am God, I do what I want. You can't, you can't define me, you can't manipulate me. This is essential to God's godness. Psalm 115.3, our God is in the heavens, he does all that he pleases. Okay, this is, this is in response to, to the, the, um, the rhetorical question and of, the, of the basically outside world asking Israel, where's, where's your God now, right, when things are going wrong for them? Their answer is, God's in the heavens, he does whatever he wants. The book of Job, if you want <laughs> something <laughs> to blow your mind and and also comfort you in great times of suffering. Um, the book of Job probably describes this the best. Um, and the conflict between what, what is commonly understood about God in this world of, you know, if, if bad things are happening to you, it's because you've done something wrong. It's gotta be, that's what all of his friends say, right? Except for Elihu, thankfully. But like, the, this idea that, that no, actually, they have no idea why anything's happening. You do as the, as the audience, because you get to read in, in the beginning of it, God's pointing Job out, saying he's blameless, and basically uh, pointing, uh, addressing Satan to go tempt him. It's, it, nothing of this, it has nothing to do with Job, in other words, other than the fact that he has been a righteous man. God does what he wants. God is God. Job's original statement, it's the Lord's to give, it's the Lord's to take away. God gives, he takes away, he, he gets it, even though he suffers throughout the entire thing and asks plenty of questions, which I think are, are not necessarily wrong to ask. Ephesians 1.11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. There should be a flood of questions happening right now because my, uh, we, yeah, we just, we struggle with this concept. It's good that we struggle with it, but we can't deny it. This is just the fact. God is God. He gets to do whatever he wants. Matthew 6, 9. So then, this is how you should pray. Okay, Jesus is now introducing 
a new name for God in a sense. Even though Yahweh is the name for God throughout basically eternity for all generations, um, Jesus doesn't use the name Yahweh. Uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think Jesus doesn't use this, this term, except for in, in a little bit of reference, when he's talking to God? Right, 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 yeah, definitely, definitely, and I mean, let's, let's, let's continue down that, what, why, how has God, how has Jesus made, made God known? Why hasn't this happened yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. Right. And so that's why it's important to learn all these conjunctives so that you're not just using the bits and pieces and then comparing them to the yeah. Yeah, absolutely he does. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah. Yep. Right. Right. It's a new covenant, not like the old. Yeah. Multiple times, in fact, yeah. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. 
this is, yeah, God, God, Jesus introduces this new idea. It is a new idea. God, and God's kind of referred to his father in the Old Testament here and there in ways a lot, especially in his provision. Um, but never like this. Jesus now introduces when you pray, you're going to, you, instead of, you know, um, praying Adonai, which is usually the Jewish um, replacement for God's name, the Tetragrammaton, um, or the name as it's referred to as, uh, Jesus says, no, pray instead, Father, Father in heaven, hallowed be the name, hallowed be your name, okay? Also, Jesus, remember, is God. And so him, him speaking in the third person, which he kind of does sometimes, isn't necessarily what he's after. He doesn't, and he also isn't like setting up this, this dichotomy between him and God. He's saying he is God, and remember when they asked the, the what, on what authority you do these things, I am. Like Jesus, Jesus clearly is using the name for himself. And so uh, I, think, I think that's why we have this better, better revelation <clears throat> in the new covenant that uh, God is Jesus. Jesus is part of the Godhead, for one. And that uh, we are to to address God, Yahweh, the, the I am as our father now in the new covenant. Um, this, is, this is pretty incredible. And so we have, we have the, the man who, the, the, not the man, the, the person, the one who does whatever he wants as our father um, is going to, to change us. We have 10 minutes it. So um, we, need to, we need to jump into application now because this is just a ton of information and the idea is not to just learn about God and, and have this mental ascent, but we should, this should change the way that we live. It changes me. As I study these things, um, you know, God, God changes my heart, what I think and what I do. So um, let me read a quick excerpt from this fun book on this very point, and then let's, let's discuss this. So, uh, this is Paul David Tripp, I think, speaking. Much can and needs to be said about what it means to live in light of the existence and glory of God. The most important thing for your mind to contemplate is his existence. I believe that. Perhaps, therefore, the first four words of the Bible, in the beginning, God, are not only the, f the four most important words of the Bible, but also the four most important words ever written, written, examined, studied, unpacked, and explained. Because the existence of God is so foundational, everyone has a position on it, and everyone lives in the context of how he or she thinks about it. I think that is true. So, let's, let's think about this. How, does, how do we live everyday life in light of, of God's godness? of God as creator, the, the one and only also united, and, and Yahweh, the self-existent, does whatever he wants, God. His I am name is my I am. Hmm. I am God, and I'll call him the creator of all creation. I Great. am the child of God. Yeah. And from that, I can extrapolate my purpose to God and his existence. Mm-hmm.
absolutely. I um, taught uh, kids Sunday school last week, and one of the questions was, uh, what, what's your purpose in life? And uh, one of the answers was, I'm too busy <laughs> to think about that. Like, I'm just too busy to do things, and like, I've, I haven't thought about that. And my, re my response was, but if you don't know your purpose, how do you know what you should be doing? Um, and, you know, the, the blank stare. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. That, that, I mean, how often am I guilty of that? Like, just too busy doing things, going about my day, to not even consider, like, my purpose, that this all things exist because God willed it. Right? That changes what we do. We, we, we understand our purpose now. It gives us, I mean, again, it gives you great assurance, hope, peace. It gives you it gives you a drive, motivation. You know what you're supposed to be doing and, and how you're supposed to be doing it. Right, right. Definitely, definitely.
Right, right. Yeah. 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 It, that's, I mean, in a very great sense, it's just this wonderful answer we can give. Like, how, how does this work? We don't know. We just don't know. We're trying to understand it as it is, you know, accurately as it's taught to us. That's all we're trying to do. In the end of the day, God, God, it happens because this is this is God. This is what He does. Well, He's chosen to do this. That's right. That is that is humble faith right there. That's it. You do well. Right. Yep. Take all that pressure off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, he is. He is using it for good because he wants to. And he does what he wants. Almighty God does what he wants. He will prevail. Yeah. get our worth from that our value it is from that and alone try to try to determine somebody's worth nowadays right 
can't do it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, Jesus's Jesus's words. I mean, not a sparrow falls apart from my Father. You're worth more than many sparrows. Jesus applies this very directly to his listeners, to the disciples. Don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about tomorrow. You can't even change. You know, the color of a hair on your head. You have no power here. God is in control. You can trust him. This is, this is good news for us. It changes the way you live your life. I mean, it just, you don't have to worry about these things anymore. Everybody else worries about them. This is what Jesus says. The Gentiles seek after these things. Again, it's just natural. That's a natural thing to do as a human being is to worry. To worry about these things. You don't have control over these things, right? <clears throat> Christians, no, you're, you're not allowed that because you're God, the God of all creation, the sovereign Lord who does what he wants, he is your father now. Because of Christ, you're brought into this relationship. God is indwelling you through the spirit who is equally God along with the rest. This is just mind-blowing that we get this. The purpose of it all, relax. It's not about you. Just, just relax, okay? Glorify God and worship him. Him alone shall you serve. Good, and we are out of time. Let's, uh, let's pray. Let's thank God for this, this revelation. Lord, we... We just, we worship you as we think and, and study, as we hear your words and they impact our hearts, our, our minds, as we understand them. God, we worship you. This leads us to just a wonderful sense of awe and reverence. Lord, help us to fear you. You do what you want. God, and, and sin is evil. Help us to, to revere your holy name and live lives that, that indeed do reflect this beautiful truth. Lord Jesus, for your, your glory, have mercy on us in the power of the Spirit. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.